Well, uh, we better get going here. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I thought I would uh, make a few concluding comments um, about chapter 16 of, of 1 Corinthians. Um, much of it uh, isn't that it is important, but much of it is uh, itemizing details and names um, as he's writing this personal letter. But verses 1 through 4 of, of chapter 16 are interesting verses for one or two reasons, and um, I'd like to highlight those. Um, verse 1, chapter 16, 1 Corinthians. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, let each one of you put aside and save as he may prosper, that no collection be made when I come. And when I arrive, whomever uh, you may approve, I shall send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it's fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. He's talking about something that was rather um, common in Paul's ministry in the Eastern Mediterranean world. He was taking a collection, uh, an offering, if you will, uh, for the, the saints in Jerusalem. There are reasons for that, but the most important reason is they were the most oppressed of all the early Christians uh, in those first decades, uh, largely because they were Jews and because the Roman government was occupying Jerusalem and, of course, the Sanhedrin was opposed to them. But what's important for you and me is uh, there are two things that are of significance. First of all, verse 2, on the first day of every week, what's he referring to? Sunday. Sunday. In other words, what we learn from this, and there are two or three other examples of this in the, um, in the New Testament, is that the very early church met for worship on Sunday. That's, that's an important piece of information for us because... Previous to that, the Jewish holiday or the Jewish Sabbath was the day in which they would congregate together, meet in temple or synagogue for worship. The church changed that. Why did the church begin meeting for corporate worship on Sunday? We don't know for sure, but we think there's a reason. I mean, it doesn't anywhere tell us that, but we think the reason would be what, Joel? Because of resurrection. Because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection on Sunday, first day of the week. That seems to be a consistent pattern throughout the, um, the early church. And as a matter of fact, by the second century, it is a clearly demarked pattern that they always met on Sunday. And I would assume most of you, um, uh, the church you attend, you worship on Sunday. Uh, and this is, uh, this is an interesting observation because it marks another point that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with 1 Corinthians. But the growing separation between Judaism and Christianity. Do you understand what I mean by that? Because Christianity is born out of Judaism. But being born out of Judaism, there was still a connection for a period of time. Because all of the first Christians were Jews. I mean, all the apostles were Jews, all of the early leaders of the church, Paul was a Jew, and so on. So I say all that because you're starting to see a separation here. The second observation about verse 2 is, again, just kind of an interesting one. But giving, giving in the early church 
was free will giving, not tithing. Now, in making that statement, I don't mean tithing is wrong or it's not something we shouldn't practice. That's not my point. But notice the standard that Paul lays down. Let each one of you put aside and save as he may prosper. And so this becomes a, uh, a, uh, a change in the way in which people begin to look. Is be, begin to look at giving in the early church. Now, uh, now that doesn't mean that people didn't tithe and didn't teach tithing as, as a, in a sense. But the New Testament principle seems to be you give as the Lord prospers. And what's the inference you can draw from that? Proportionate. Proportionate giving. And as he blesses you more, you give more. Now, the next step is not a logical step. If you say, well, therefore, our God is into prosperity theology. He wants me rich so I can give more. That is not, that doesn't follow. I certainly don't want to get into a debate on this. But the point I'm making is, and it's the point that Paul's making, you see see a significant shift away from Judaism. First, in when they worship, and two, in how they think about giving. Giving in, by first century Judaism, Pharisees kind of setting in a sense, the standard. I hope you understand how I'm putting this. Giving had become a legalistic obligation. That is not how Paul is phrasing this. It's a free will. As God prospers, you share that because God owns it anyway, and so on. And so you begin to develop a much... um, freer approach to giving. Instead of locking someone into the standard 10%, as God prospers, give as much as you can. And so you will see uh, in the early church people giving 90% of their wealth to the Lord. You'll see in the church people giving 1%. Wasn't Letourneau one of those? Well, yes, in the 20th century, uh, R.G. Letourneau, who at a large uh, construction equipment company in Texas, uh, his standard became 90%. He kept 10% and gave 90% to the Lord. And again, I'm not necessarily wanting to get into, unless you really want to, a discussion about giving. What I'm trying to point out, and that's one of the reasons why verse 2 is such an important verse. It tells us when they worshipped, and it tells us how they were looking at giving. Both are separating the early church from Judaism. And that's a very important separation to, uh, to note. All right, I thought I would say that as uh, we begin really to conclude our study of 1 Corinthians. Un- unless you really are interested in, in focusing on some of the things that conclude the chapter, Paul talks about his plans. He's going to travel to Macedonia. He's going to do, I don't think for us it's necessarily important for us to uh, go over those unless you have any additional questions on uh, 1 Corinthians.